Metu Netur, Volume 1, The Great Oracle of Tahuti and the Egyptian System of Spiritual Cultivation. Chapter 14, Level 2, Second Three Stages of the Meditation Process. Beginning at the bottom of one page 192 in the second paragraph. It is interesting to note that while Western man identifies his emotions as the expressions of his self, in the comedic tradition, they are identified with the animal part of our being. The latter is kept uppermost in the understanding of the people through the widespread symbolization of man, which we must not confuse the human with the man. The term human reflects the understanding that there is an earthly side to man. Human equals humus, earth plus man. Nature as a animal-headed spirit symbolization, I mean, nature as animal-headed people or human-headed animals. This allows us to keep our emotions in the proper place instead of elevating them and thus giving them power over our lives as Westerners have done. What are emotions anyhow? In all the behaviors so labeled, we will discover that they evolve, that they involve a response in which we become tense, especially in our breathing, which gets restrained and focused in the upper chest region at the point beneath the sternum. Because of this, our breathing is shallow and irregular. Stuck in this tense, shallow, and irregular breathing state, we are thrown into a negative trance with this belief that, one, some external situation or agent is the cause of our sensation, and that, two, we must follow the behavior suggested by the thought component of our emotion. As emotions occur at the junction of the ninth and tenth spheres, the trance that is experienced is of the metamusic modal modality, which means that the will becomes inactive. A characteristic of mediumistic trance is that the contents of the sphere of awareness are accepted as reality. This is how emotions exert their power over people's lives. This insight into emotions that are mediumistic trances accompanied with the tensed abnormal breathing gives us the clue for disarming their power to compel us. One, do not dwell on the thoughts that accompany them. Two, focus your attention on each spot where you feel tense and your body to relax itself. Three, regulate and harmonize your breathing by, by making it deep, slow, and rhythmic. And four, if applicable, do just the opposite of that. The thought accompanying the feeling was suggesting. Make a strong effort to carry out the lasting instruction. When a powerful emotion threatens to overwhelm us as step three, we can zap it by forcibility, pulling the lower abdomen in and up. Lift the upper chest and hold it as you breathe out. Make sure that the lower abdomen is the only place in the body where tension is felt. This cannot be overstated. Follow this breathing and expanding the lower abdomen as you breathe in. At the end of the in-breath, intense the lower abdomen and hold the breath. 
Repeat the cycle starting with the forcible contraction as shown above. Do this for as long as it as is needed to diffuse the emotion. This is the great Mahab Mahanda that male Hatha yogins use to forestall an or an orgasm in order to arouse the Kundalini during transit rituals. Authors of Hath Yoga's manuals have removed it from its proper context and teach it as a mere Prayama technique. P-R-A-N-A-Y-A-M-A technique. Sorry, I lost my place. Okay. It should not require any repetitions. Its effectiveness is due to the fact that the forcible contraction of the lower abdomen applies pressure to the neurogastric nerve, which stabilizes the activity of the heart and sends a reflex stimulus to the waking center of the brain and the cerebral cortex. This manipulation of the nervous system serves to awaken the person from the mediumistic trance of emotion as it is the basis for inducing walking trance, waking trance. Another important goal of the men of ab meditation system is the sharpening of mindfulness. How many times haven't you said to yourself that you will not indulge in a particular habit only to find yourself knee deep in the act before you remembered your pledge? A simple yet very effective technique consists in taking away something that you like very much from yourself for each infraction. Another extremely useful exercise that it is a must consists in going for several days without laughing or smiling. Because these emotions are so powerful, the ability to ignore them gives the individual a great deal of skill in handling the negative ones. Beyond the issue of emotional transcendence, the practice of ignoring our emotions strengthens our awareness of the duality of our nature. Through the men ab meditation, we have repeated experiences of the fact that on one hand, there is a part of our being saying, I will not allow my body to follow the impulses to laugh, cry, while there is another part that is generating these, these impulses independent of our will and consciousness. This is the objective reality behind the term individual. Indivisible duality. Pert M. Eru, it was noted at the beginning of this chapter that the first three stages of meditation employ the mediumistic trance technique. It is based on putting the will in the left hemisphere of the brain, our syllogistic and analytical information processor to sleep. Although this enables the implantation into the spirit of suggestions for changes in behavior, because there can be no opposition from the slumbering segregative and analytical thinking dominated will. The absence of these faculties makes it impossible for us to consolidate our knowledge. 
we have seen that the latter cannot be attained in the normal waking state as full wakefulness and concentration is not achieved in this state. To attain full wakefulness upon which insight and the efficient use of the will depends, we must triple our oxygen intake and reduce the flow of the life force to the voluntary organ organs of the body. The increased supply of oxygen gives us a degree of internal wakefulness far exceeding that of the normal waking state. This is why the waking trance was called Pert M. Eru, becoming awake or coming by day. By the Kometans, besides giving us the insight and clarity of perception to transcend the host of false beliefs clouding our understanding, this mode of trance also provides the force and vitality needed for the successful carrying out of our need. This is especially needed at the crossroads situation spoken of earlier. It is then that our eighth and tenth spheres overwhelm us with the fear of losses and harms that we will incur if we live according to the divine truth. The successful practice of the men ab meditation process and the waking trance are foundations of the following meditation stages. The meditation at this stage involves going into trance with the heka, ung, ring, hering, as we go into trance visualizing ourselves as eru, re rest, resisting or destroying the animals that symbolize our emotions. See Appendix A. Level two of the meditation process, stage five, sphere five. In this stage, we use all of the techniques developed in the preceding stage to establish our sense of justice. The ability to give justice depends on our skill in ignoring fear and anger, i.e. it depends on a skillful and vitalized will. An analysis of all acts of injustice will reveal an underlying fear or anger at work. Thus, we see once more how important is the return of our identity to our true self, which is essentially free of emotional and sensual conditionings. It must be also noted that to the degree that we can give justice to others, to that degree we will receive spiritual protection from the injustices of others. The meditation at this stage involves going into waking trance with the Heka Ung Hirling, while visualizing ourselves as the deity Herukuti in the act of destroying the animals symbolizing our fear or anger. The objective is to rise above the temptations to achieve our goals through transgressions against others or having observed this law to succeed against the injustices of others. Level two of the meditation process, stage six, sphere four. While the preceding stage corresponds to our ability to detach ourselves from our person by sacrificing our personal interest for the sake of being just to others, this stage demands an even greater act of detachment. We are here called upon to rise above our ego, egotism by sharing with others. It is not uncommon at this stage to find ourselves as a result of rituals and meditations at a crossroad in which the circumstances make a clear, inarguable argument for us to share with our enemies 
In fact, this is the highest test of our ability to truly love, i.e. to give not seeking anything in return, but to fulfill a genuine need. To be able to share, especially in such challenging situations, is not only a revelation of our transcendence of our persons and the understanding of our oneness, it also liberates a great deal of energy, which is in turn used by the spirit towards the realization of the meditation objective. It is important to realize that beginning with the fourth stage of the meditation process, the detachment of identification from the person begins to be established. The person with its characteristic set of emotional and sensual patterns of behaviors is denied in order to assert the unconditioned self at stage five. Sphere five, the wedge is driven even further by our commitment to be fair with others, even if it means incurring great material loss. At this stage, the call to share with strangers and enemies alike drives our identity so far out of our person that we can almost begin to feel our true inner self. This budding experience of the indwelling intelligence takes on the form of a sense of joy and optimism that is independent of externals and success. In fact, as stated earlier, joy is the force that heals and brings success. Unfortunately, the majority of people reverse this relationship and make joy the result of being healthy and successful. The meditation at this stage, therefore, consists in going into trance with the Heka Ang Shring. The Heka Ang Shring is concealed in the name of the deity Sishat, which is an aspect of Ma'at. While visualizing yourself holding a scale in which your heart is in the open pan, equally balanced by a feather in the other. See the Ma'at card in this section of the oracle. The scale symbolizes the balance that must exist between all dualities in our lives. For example, between our personal and our self-interest, between our empirical information and our spiritual intuitions, between our left brain sequential verbal thinking and our graphic spatial and holistic thinking and so on. A light heart, i.e. a heart that weighs no more than a feather, is sophisticated symbol of the evidence of living truth. But what is truth? It is something to be attained through reading the scriptures or through dialectical argumentation according to Westerners. According to the African tradition, it can be only known through living. Man discovers truth by living according to the laws of his true nature. It is of interest to note that according to the Bible, man and God share the same qualities of being. This is a theme that is dropped as soon as it is stated. We read in Genesis 1:26, and God said, let us make man in our own likeness. It does not take much to realize that the likeness of God in which man is made cannot refer to man's physical image or to a set of personality qualities. Man, the likeness of God, must then be the formless, incorporeal, immaterial, spirituality, spiritually unconditioned being. That is, why is it said, make not 
quote, make not graven images of God thy Lord, end quote. The absence of emotional pressure from the immaterial, incorporeal, and unconditioned self is symbolized by the weight of the heart, equaling that of a feather, i.e. if there is no force motivating our actions, then we are not exerting our will, but our desire. We can illustrate this readily. Your doctor has placed you on a diet. One hand, you have a strong emotional and sensual pressure to indulge in the prohibited article of diet, and on the other, the cold, non-emotional truth embodied in your prescription. If you follow your desire and eat the prohibited food, it can be metamorphosized that your heart will be overpowered by a forceful cause. If instead you follow the truth which does not elicit any pleasure which in fact is strongly opposed by your weakness for the banned item, it can be metamorphosized that your heart has been influenced by a forceless cause symbolized by the feather of Ma'at. The importance of this concept cannot be overstated as the majority of the people believes that unless any an idea has emotional or sensual force behind it, it should not or cannot be carried out. But the cruise of living truth is just the opposite. It matters not how unemotional or unpleased you are about the truth. If it is true, you can and must live it. The absence of emotional and sensual support for an idea simply means that our spirit has not yet been conditioned to generate such energies for it. Living an idea with an appreciation for the good it can do will in time lead to the generation of enjoyment for it. Last but not least, the symbolism contained in the heart's wing equaling that of a feather refers to the will of being under the influence of the immaterial, hence weightless and unconditioned self, as opposed to the very material, hence heavy and conditioned person. It symbolizes then that the individual has succeeded in establishing his identity with the indwelling entity. As this entity is the individual's share in God's essence, his established identification with it qualifies him to pass on to the highest three spheres of the tree of life, representing the divine faculties of omnipotence, omniessence, and omnipresence, which man shares qualitatively with the supreme being. Had his heart weighed more than a feather, he would then have evidence that his actions were motivated by the emotional part of his spirit. In the comedic metaphor of the weighing of the heart, this failure is followed by the devouring of the heart by the beast Aumam, which is part crocodile, hippopotamus, and lion. It is a symbol of the destructiveness of our emotions. Here ends the reading, chapter 14. Level 2. Second three stages of the meditation process.